Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganesi, joined as always by Nima Tavale. And we have a great show for you today. We are going to be focusing heavily on the fallout from Napoli's historic 5-1 thrashing of Juventus at the Stadio Maradona on Friday. Is it Napoli's Scudetto now to lose? Is Victor Ossiman the best striker in the world? Are Ossiman and Kvaratskhelia the best partnership in the world? What about Juventus? What went so horribly wrong? Um, what about Allegri? Where does this leave Max Allegri? All of this and, and much more we'll discuss, uh, as well as going through the big talking points from all the other big games, as well as, of course, the, the January transfer window, which we're now halfway through. For, for all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode, which we do every Monday, reviewing the, the weekend Serie A action and the, and the biggest talking points in Italian football. So if you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and receive all our content throughout the week, which includes a, a weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, uh, where we, we answer all the questions sent in from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction, and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and you can become a subscriber for just $2.99 a month. Okay, let's get into the football. Right, well, only one place to start and we're going to we're going to focus on this match for, for quite a, a big portion of today's show. So Friday evening at the Maradona, Napoli... Rightly so, I'd add. I mean, what a match. Yeah, yeah, what a match. And Napoli crush Juventus um, 5-1. <laughs> Absolute obliteration. Is it now, I mean, it's been a few days now to, to digest this, is it now Napoli Scudetto to lose, Noah? I think so. I mean, you can't tell me after the results... We've seen this um, this weekend, and we're we're not halfway through, but we're eighteen games. We're one way one game off, being exactly halfway through the season. And uh, Napoli are nine points clear of Milan uh, in second place. And I say nine points, but there's a little asterisk there because Napoli beat Milan away, which means that even if Napoli lose three games and Napoli and Milan win their three games, Napoli are still ahead of Milan, which means. Three three losses and a draw is needed, at least something like that, or more, five, six draws, in order for Milan to overtake them. Now, that's not impossible. Napoli could absolutely, that could, that could still happen with half the season left to play for, no doubt. But let's remember that Napoli, if they win their next game, they will have won 50 points. They're on course for 100 points in the Serie A if they re- repeat the exact same results of the first half of the season should they win their next game um, uh, in, on the weekend uh, away against Salernitana, which is not impossible for them to do. So this is how good Napoli have been. And I don't think we're talking about overhyping. This isn't, this is a different Napoli side. This isn't like it was a few years ago with Sarri or even with Spalletti last season. This is a different Napoli side. They're not playing on enthusiasm solely. They're playing on enthusiasm for sure, but they're also dominating every attacking metric. And as I told you, I remember we were talking after the game. uh, I sent you a message, a voice note. I'm not saying that they're going to win the Champions League or that they're going to win the Continental Treble. I still think Man City and PSG and Bayern Munich are sky-high favourites to win the Champions League. 
but I do have Napoli as my dark horse to win the the Champions League, and I'm raising a and I'm just raising a tiny little alert, continental treble alert. Watch this space. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not saying it's 100% going to happen or they're the favorites to win it. They're the favorites to win the Serie A for sure. Um, and it's a congested fixture list and all of that. But watch this space. They could win a treble or a double. Absolutely, they could. Yeah, I mean, this. I think it's clear now. This is this is a really, really special team. And they're in such a fantastic position to win this this first Scudetto since since 1990 and you know, 33 years it will be. Uh, you look at the fixture list, apart from Juventus, who they've just hammered 5-1, you know, Napoli have played all the top teams away from home in the first half of the season. So in the return fixtures, they'll play Milan, Inter, Roma and Lazio at the Maradona. Um, we, you know, that's a big advantage. We've just seen, uh, we've just seen what they've done to Juventus. Uh, and they're playing incredibly well. I think psychologically, this was a big win too. Uh, not just winning the game, which would have been psychologically uh, important enough, but just the manner of how they've done it. I mean, just think the confidence that this is going to give Napoli when they play these other big games uh, and just going into the other games and the fear that this will put into other teams as well, that they've managed to do this. So Juventus team who, and you know, we'll come to Juventus, we'll come to Allegri, um, you know, okay, it's not the great Juventus team ever, but it is a Juventus team that had got one eight in a row and, and had not conceded for eight games and they've just gone and scored five goals against them. <laughs> you know, so it's obviously a special team. There's so many stars in the team. There's so many goals in the team um, that you just expect them to to steamroll the, the bottom half of Serie A for certain. Uh, I mean, they've, Napoli have scored double the amount of goals than, than more than half the teams in Serie A. I mean, it's insane. And there's there's so much. There's also so much depth in the team. Um, That's what I was going to say. The depth is what impresses me. Lozano and Simeone as their bench attackers. I mean, Raspadori is a bench player now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that speaks, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? Um, and, you know, yes, I mean, if we want to give hope to the others, there is only 18 games gone. We're not even at the halfway stage. It is going to be a jam-packed calendar. Um, and, you know, also, if we want to say that, you know, there isn't any players really, maybe just Di Lorenzo with the, the Euros and maybe Lozano, he won, the, I think, uh, an area divisi with PSV. There's no one that's really won any trophies of any kind in, in this team. So, you know, when it gets to March, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the players. Um, so far, though, mentally, um, they've stood up to everything. I mean, they lost to Inter in the first game of 2023 after a long break, you know, and a lot of question marks were being asked. And, you know, they've come back and, and what have they done? They've won their next two games convincingly. And I think that uh, Di Lorenzo said, didn't he, in a post-match that that the, he's given that Spalletti's brought this winning mentality to, to the team. Well, you know, we'll see if that's true. But at the moment, it, it looks like it is true, doesn't it? I mean, that's so interesting because Hamdanovic said the same thing when Inter won the Scudetto, when Conte, he said that the change in mentality came when Spalletti arrived at, the, at this club. Those are, that's a direct quote. And he's not the only one who said it. Um, I think Luciano Spalletti has not won much in his career. That's damn true. He's not won anything important, uh, with all due respect to the Russian Premier League and a Coppa Italia. Um, but the, 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 I think he's been incredibly underrated and disrespected. Um, if you look at where he's been, he's always done what you can expect from him with the squads available to him. And now... You know, he's, I mean, I wanted Spalletti two, three years ago when Gattuso was appointed. I said, this team, they're, this, they're building blocks in play 
that would suit Spalletti brilliantly. And then they've obviously the the Mercato they had in the summer. You know, I feel very good giving them a nine and a half out of ten, but I did not expect them to do this. This is this is this is some of the best football that we've seen in Serie A in the last 10, 20 years. And they do no. it week after week after week after week. And the, the work that he's done with Lobotka and Elmas, I mean, what is going on with Elchif Elmas? I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah. what is that to have off the bench? This 23-year-old little magician coming on and just, I mean, he's just, he's unbelievable. No, just the way that he develops players is, is just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, you, I think you said it in your post-match uh, podcast, didn't you? On, 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 on Friday. I mean, yeah. you could almost go through every single player and say, look at what Spalletti has done yeah. to them, how he's developed them. I mean, yeah. every single one of them, pretty much. I mean, Mario Rui at 31 years old, playing, you know, playing at a level. Top assist in the Serie A, like a most yeah. top assist player. Who would have thought that quite an ordinary, I don't want to say average, but, you know, just an ordinary left back for most of his career can suddenly become, you know, probably the best left back in Serie A this season. You know, yeah. uh, just, just to cite one example, but you could go through every single player in the team and look at what, what, uh, what Spalletti's done to them. Um, I mean, I just think that if, there's still a long way to go, but I just feel like, the other teams, they probably need Napoli to get get a, a, a load of injuries if they really want Napoli to and, collapse. And in midfield, and in midfield, I think that's yeah. where I I look at that midfield and I say, okay, Elmas is a fantastic option coming on, but then it doesn't look too good. No, I mean it, it doesn't exactly have me. I mean, Ndombele is a work in progress. He's still yeah. far from the finished product. Gaetano, twenty two years old, Demme. I don't know. Yeah, Zedatka. I mean, then they, they, then they bring Zielinski back into midfield. They bring Elmas into midfield. I mean, he's he's so good at, at you know at finding solutions, isn't he, Spalletti? Mm-hmm. Solutions that we didn't think existed, like when Kvadrat Scalia was out and he was playing Elmas on the left wing. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's he's he's just had the solution to everything. I mean, I just feel like Napoli probably need to get a whole load of injuries for for the to give hope to the other teams because but but then even then, you know. They've got this great depth. I mean, Ossiemen was missing so much, so many games at the start of the season, and yeah. Napoli was still winning every game. Mm. You know, and look at Ossiemen. I mean, wow, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the, the, and the other thing I would say just before we talk about Ossiemen is, um, are the other teams consistent enough to make up the gap? And we're going to exactly. speak specifically about Juve, Milan, and Inter, but they're not showing any consistency. So even if Napoli are to drop points. Can we honestly see at the moment? Can you see an Inter, a Juventus? I mean, our Juventus have just gone on a long winning run, but you know, can you see the other teams consistently making up the, that gap? I mean, I don't. I can't I really see don't. it at the moment, especially especially it. as we're going to have a really congested fixture list, and these other yep. teams are going to be tired, and they're yep. going to have games, and they're going to drop points because they're tired playing in Europe and Coppa Italia and, yep. and everything else. So. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I agree 100%. I think this is Napoli's title to lose now. And I tweeted out as much. I mean, when you're when you're this far ahead and you're playing this good, um, you have to be the favourites. I know Napoli fans are very superstitious and they don't want to hear it, but I'm sorry. You're just going to have to accept the fact that you're, you're playing, you're, the football you've played is up there amongst the best that we've seen in Europe this season. And you're just going to have to accept that you're the favourites to win it now. And I think, you know, I understand the Spalletti, the mind games that Allegri and him played, are I get them. But the fact of the matter is, you are the favourites to win the Serie A title, and I think you should. And and learning how to handle that 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 pressure that comes along with being a favourite is part 
of being a winning side. It's part of yeah. being a winner. And and I think that, that 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 that's the part that they have to demonstrate, that Spalletti has to demonstrate that he's good enough to handle. Yeah, that's the next step. Yeah. But let's let's talk about Victor Ossiman because this game, this was an absolute monstrous performance by, by Ossiman. He he was completely unplayable. He scored two goals, he got an, an assist, he got the dummy for the third goal as well. I mean, he was he 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 I think that the, the the three Brazilian defenders of, of Juventus, I think they they'll be having nightmares for for weeks to come. That like they're going to wake up in a in a in a in a in a, in a, in a sweat in the middle of the night and, and see and uh, see Ossiman uh, because he really did. I mean, he really did slaughter them in in this game. I mean, where does Victor Ossiman rank now? I mean, you did touch upon this in, yeah. in your in your post match podcast, but where does Victor Ossiman rank among the best strikers or the best number nines? in the world right now? Well, for one, he's the best in the Serie A by a mile. Uh, you and I introduced the concept two seasons ago, and lots of people were, that is, you know, criticized and made fun of what we said. Well, you know, ha ha. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's, um, it's uh, as George Galloway always says, it's always best to have the last laugh. And I'm not going to do that in a Scottish accent. Um, it's uh, no, but seriously, it's uh, he, he is unplayable right now. And, and as I said, on my post-match reaction pod, which is available for patrons, we, all that stuff, patreon.com slash TIFP. Nice little, nice little self plug there. Um, but if we, if we actually get into it, Ossiman, um, uh, except for Benzema, who, you know, is a Ballon d'Or winner, Harry Kane, Holland. I can't think of anyone else that, or Lewandowski, of course. Of course, yeah. But who else? I mean, he's up there with them this season for sure. He is complete. He's absolutely complete. You saw what he what he did against Juve was he wreaked absolute havoc in their defense. He had Bremer so frustrated and so annoyed that he made these simple schoolboy uh, errors because he's so difficult to mark. Um, he he drops in and out. He, his timing and read of the game exact knows exactly when to drop deep to to link up, when to push forward, when to when to make his run. And we were praising Jeko a few weeks ago about making dummy runs and fooling defenders. Osiman does that as well. He's, mm-hmm. he's he's added that to his game as well. He's very technical. He can he can score in the air. He can score with both feet. He's a dribbler. He is the complete number nine. And, and as I said on my post-match reaction pod, I, I hate to repeat myself, but Serie, and, Serie A and Napoli fans, enjoy it while you can. This guy is gone in the summer. He's going. They're going to come for him. The big guns in the Premier League. And he, you know, with, with the characteristics that he has, as you've said for many years, he's got every single characteristic to play in the Premier League. We know he wants to. I think he's the next hundred million pound player, without a doubt, in the summer. Not so just hundred sure, million. I mean, no, hundred twenty, hundred thirty. If Mikhail, if Mikhail Mudrik is a hundred oh. million, then then, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not saying Mudrik is a bad player. Um, you know what I've seen of him, he looks an incredibly exciting player. Exactly. But based on what he's done, based on his, you know, what he's done over maybe the course of a year, uh, you know, if he's a hundred million. Then you know, also was one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty, two hundred million. Yeah, two hundred. You know, yeah. no, do you know what seriously. I mean? So, so I mean, he he is uh, he he is yeah, he's got everything. He he's got everything. I mean, uh, and I, and I the, look the at, one criticism. I, if I can just say one criticism of Ossiman that we had is his finishing sometimes is a bit inconsistent. Yeah. Um, and also his, adds that also his, his record in in big games as well. Yeah. But he that's yeah, been that's been completely. I mean, he's put that to the, to bed. 
um, this this season, which was I think was all only a matter of time. It was always only going to be a matter of time till he till he iron that out. And also, you know, maybe if there's any other thing, a little bit worry the way that he plays. I think can be conducive to get picking up injuries. Um, yeah. So that 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 is you know that is something that you know if you're going to pay that kind of money for him, you you need to be playing a lot. You know, you can't be only available for as little as he's been available in the in the previous two seasons. Um, so you know that's something as well. But I mean. Yeah, he, he he he. I mean, he destroyed Juventus. He he absolutely destroyed them. They I mean, they were. I mean, Bremer, Bremer, who who's he had made them look like a child. Yeah, I mean, Bre- Bremer was had a, he was a complete disaster in this game. He made unforced errors. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't believe what I was seeing because he's been so good, and I, I think he's a fantastic defender. And but one thing about Bremer is physically, Bremer is a beast. I mean, have you seen how he's built? You just look at Bremer with his top off. I mean, he is like like a brick he, shit house. Yes. literally like a brick and shit he house. Was pushed all over the place by Ossiman. And Ossiman's only a skinny little guy. I mean, he's not, mm. do you know no. what I mean? But that is, he's just got natural, natural athleticism and, and, mm. and, and, and strength and speed and, and, and just force. And I mean, he's just a force of nature and he really, he's just, he's, he's unbelievable. He can do everything and he can play tactically as well. He can play yeah. the last man. Spalletti, Spalletti's play, top back. Play on the front foot. So you, you can, you can play on the last man and make those runs in behind. But he can also come deep and hold the ball up and lay it off and be link up with the others and play one twos, um, you know. And I think that, and one thing I mean, if you ask me, is he the best striker in the world? I mean, it's a big question. There's a lot of areas to that. I mean, do you look at form? Do you look over the course of a few years? You've got to look at how has he done in the Champions League? I mean, Osman's never played in the knockout stages of the Champions League. Uh, well, not for Napoli anyway. So you you know you've got to look at you've got to look at all of those things as well. Uh, if we're looking at it on form. Right now, I think on form he's playing as well as anyone. Right now, I think the only players you know, you know, you probably put Benzema ahead of him, you put Lewandowski ahead of him, but you know, we're talking about a thirty-five and a thirty-four-year-old. Yeah. Um, it's only Haaland who's the number and, nine, and Erling Haaland Harry, and Harry Kane, but he's also pushing Foley. So yeah, well, I, I would put look, I put Lewandowski, Benzema, and Haaland above above Osimhen because you know they've got that proven consistency over the course of, of a longer period. Yeah, but as for Kane, I think he's I think he's on the slide, and yeah, I still think he's an excellent player. But we saw at the World Cup, you know, this this Agreed. he doesn't he does. I mean, who would you be if you're a defender? You you don't you'd rather play against Harry Kane than you would than you would against Osman because Osman would just is just a pain in the ass and he really just, is a pain in the butt he really is yeah. and and uh, if I'm as a, on the topic of who would want to sign him Manchester United and Arsenal are going to be all over this I think. I mean, the, the, he well, is... Well, Arsenal, maybe not Arsenal because they've got Gabriel Jesus. So you buy Ossiemen, you have to get rid of Gabriel Jesus. No, I, I think Man United, Man United and Chelsea, absolutely. But, you know, I think Ossiemen needs to decide what his next club is going to be, mm. you know, carefully. Uh, I think he's got the pick of anyone. I think Bayern Munich will be in for him as oh. well. Although they, although they don't mm. like, they don't pay that kind of money for, 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 for anyone. So, you know, that maybe rules them out. But, you know, one thing I would, I would say, uh, Nimmer, is that, you know... If he's not the best number nine, uh, it, I, I think for sure right now that Ossiemen and Cavada are the best partnership in Europe right now. Certainly on form, I can't think of a better attack. Can you think of a better attacking partnership than no, Ossiemen no, no, and Cavada? No, 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 right those, now, no, not even, ben, Benzema and Vinny, Vinny Junior, maybe, yeah. hmm. but maybe not this season. Last season, maybe. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't think of a better, a better partnership. You know, I'm looking through. I'm thinking through the, the English teams. United, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham. No, there isn't. There isn't a better partner. There isn't any. I mean, 
Mbappe and and, and Messi, maybe, mm. maybe. Uh, you know, I think they're no. as good as anyone right now. No, they are. And Quaradona, we have to say, what a way to silence your critics. I mean, he just, this is what builds character. This is what, you know, this is where the, where they separate the, the greatest players from, from the top players. I mean, to come into that, he's had a bad, shaky start, these two games preceding it. And he goes into that and he works his way. He didn't have the best of starts either against Juve. And he works himself in. And he and he and he's off to and he's off to the races. And he just does the things that he does, the the beautiful little technical numbers, the the, the dribblings, the ah, the, the the low center of gravity, which allows him to go in with you know the ambidex being ambidextrous as well, which gives him the 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 the, 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 the the strength and the advantage over his defenders that he can do anything. He can go on the inside, go on the outside and go on the right, left. Yeah. Nah, I mean, it's, no, he's an alien. He's an alien. You can't defend against alien. him. Is no, it, because when you, when you, when you play against somebody that, that can go right and left, then I tell you, it's so hard to mark them. Because and also with a low center of gravity, which allows them to shift their weight from one. Of course, that, exactly. Just, especially, even oh. more so if you're two footed, because oh. then, you know, they can, that, that's just, how you, that's how you can go one way, then the other. I mean, he yeah, is, nah. he is, I mean, he's, 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 uh, he is almost unplayable. I mean, we, again, like we've, we've got, we've got this, 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 he's got the kind of galactico, Real Madrid PSG in two years' time for 180 minutes. Like, if he continues down yeah. this, I mean, he's, he's just, we're talking, uh, you know, one day he could be a Ballon d'Or winner at this league. No, you know, I, I think absolutely he's got the, I've, well, I said it, didn't I? We said it yeah. at the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he definitely has the tools to be that kind of level mm. player. Um, it's unbelievable. You know, this, this game, a goal, two assists, but so many dribbles. I mean, I, also, I don't know, I, I haven't, I didn't look at how many dribbles he did in this game, but he, he, he did nutmegs on players. I mean, Chiesa, poor guy in the first twenty minutes. I mean, we'll come to Allegri playing him as a right wing back. But I mean, you really are hanging it. You're hanging out a winger to dry playing a playing a right playing him on the on the side of Cavara, uh, you know, and 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 then McKenney when he moved over there, he I mean he slaughtered him as well. And then the Brazilians uh, when they came over, Danilo got absolutely destroyed by him a few times. I mean, he he run he run them a merry dance in, in this game. Mm-hmm. And, and but I just want to give a little bit of shout out before we go to Juve, um, Merit that save when Rahmani and Bremer because they had really before Rahmani scores, um, he uh, he had a bad game. But he, but and that save by Merit when he almost scores an own goal is so important. And I think Merit, mm. you know, he's really repaying the confidence that Napoli paid in him uh, to, to make him that first uh, choice keeper. Because really well, again, now again, we talk about Spalletti and mm. what he's done yeah. in improving players. Yeah. Well, we don't maybe don't associate it with goalkeepers, but yeah. you know, uh, every single <laughs> if, player. If, if, if Merit, if Merit, you know, has a successful season as well, again, that's another thing you have to you have to take your hat off to Spalletti for because Merit is somebody that. You know, he hasn't hasn't convinced me at all when I watched him in the last few seasons, for a few seasons now. Uh, and you know, they were trying to sign a replacement for him, weren't they? Yeah. They were trying to sign um, Kaden Navas, and, yeah. it, and it didn't happen. So, you know, again, um, you know, I, I'm still not I'm still not totally sure, but yeah, he made he made a great key save at two one. If it goes mm. to two two. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? No, I think that that's the kind. I really that's why I wanted to bring it up exactly in those key moments. You need your goalkeeper and your, you know, the, your key players to, to to step up. And boy, did he! No, absolutely, and that's why it's a team effort, and everybody for Napoli for in every department. And we haven't even spoken about Labotka. I mean, I thought he was absolutely sensational as well. I thought he completely run the show in the centre of midfield. 
Mm. Um, you know, he, he 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 was just just the way that his little the way that he break the pre- press, if you call it a press, <laughs> you meant as a press. It's not really a press, but the way that he just those little bursts, the way that he does those little bursts over five meters, just reminds me so much of Xavi, Modric, Verratti. You know that level player. These, those, I've said it so many times. Those are my players. Those are the top players. Those are the players that that win you titles because they dominate the midfield. They control the midfield. They dictate the midfield. They get out of tight spaces and just do little short passes, which to most people don't seem like much, but they, they make all the difference in getting your in getting your team breaking the breaking the lines and getting your t- getting your team into dangerous positions. And that is what Lobotka is just incredible at. And he was he was masterful, masterful performance stunning. in stunning. this game. He's an incredible player. And again. Again, what Spalletti has done to no, a player well, who can't even get a game under him. Gattuso. Yeah, it's I just mean, unbe- it's unbelievable. It, it, to, to me, that is like what he's done with Lobotka is just ridiculous, to be honest. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, it is. Anyway, enough of the Napoli love. We do have to move on to Juventus. To so your love. To, to, to your to, love to, of, to, of destroying Lallegri. That, fasten, that your, fasten your seatbelts, <laughs> everybody. Um, <laughs> okay, right. Where do we start? I mean... Before we get to Allegri, uh, what the hell happened to Juventus first? Without focusing specifically on Allegri, because we'll, we'll come to that. What went wrong for Juve in this game? I think the Juve showed that they're not mentally a team da Juve, in the sense that there were few players. Di Maria showed that he was, but the others showed that they're not. You know, they're not there yet. Uh, whether they will be or not is completely up to debate. For, for people to discuss, but I just think that what we saw, this 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 it's not like Juve to fall apart like this in the Serie A ever. Um and when they do, there are reactions. And Juve as a club are not exactly doing great with the board resigning uh due to the criminal investigations. Whatever whatever you think about that, that is an actual scandal plaguing the club. That can't be good. Juve are not in a good place at all right now. Um, what Allegri had done was that he was able to take away, divert attention from all the nonsense by those 8-1-0 wins. And you can only do that so far when you're faced against a team that is playing some of the best, if not the best football in Europe, and you have players that aren't there yet in terms of their development or whether or not they, as I said, whether or not they ever will be is a completely different question. But that that's that to me is the the biggest takeaway I take from this. Um, how this is still this is this is not one. Of, this is a Juve in transition in every every aspect of the club, and there are weaknesses. And Napoli just exposed every single weakness with ruthless precision. Yeah, uh, there was a golfing class between the two teams. Yeah. It was apparent right from the first whistle. Um, despite that Di Maria goal, which to be honest came from a mistake. From, mm. from from Napoli and um, it wasn't like it was a created chance and well, it the was sec- created you can't well, say it, it, was, was, it wasn't like he, it wasn't like it was, they bounced off someone's head into the well bottom. it came off well it was a mistake from Kim let's be honest it came off yeah. it was bad well, it was bad defending it ricocheted off Kim straight into his path he scored it wasn't really it wasn't a created moment of mm. magic like like some of Napoli's goals and even the second shot again was a mistake from Ramani who deflected it into his own onto his own goal so anyway getting into without getting into getting into the, the nuts and bolts, you know, there was a golfing class between the two teams, yeah, astronomical. Uh, and that was seen with the, with the football, with the possession, with the, with the, the just everything about the way they played. Uh, and, you know, we have to give credit to Napoli first, as we have done, but it takes two to tango, to tango. And as brilliant as Napoli were, 
Juventus were awful. And they awful. were awful as a team. Absolutely they weren't awful. a team at all. But they were awful. Every player was awful individually, except for, like you said, except for Di Maria. He was the only one, the only person that come, come away from this game uh, individually with any credit at all. Uh, Bremer, as we said before, had one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a defender. And that's coming from someone who's a big, big fan of the player. He was directly to blame for two goals. Uh, The defending for Kvaratskhelia's goal, uh, in which I think... We're talking about individual mistakes. What is he doing there? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is is the kind of defending that if you saw that from a Sunday league defender uh, from a pub team, yeah. You'd be laughing at it. I you mean, really that was would. it was that bad. It was uh, Jack laughing at Lukaku level of mistake. Yes, like, it was. Like, it really was. It was it embarrassing. Was. I mean, turning his back and it hit oh, him his so, back. And, oh. and I mean, that was... I mean, It was cringy. You know, and he was making mistake after mistake. And it was like the pressure really got to yeah. him. Really, really got to him. But but everyone, really, everyone was terrible. Um, but, you know, it was, I think I tweeted this, it was like watching, and I got the year wrong, I still thought it was 2022, but it was like it was like watching football from 2023 versus football from 1963. You know, one team, Napoli, was dominating the ball, they were creative, they were putting multi-team moves together, they were pressing with a high line, they had so much intensity, they were, were taking risks, they were, th- you know, their, their full-backs were bombing forward um, to make overlaps and overloads, you know, playing against another team who set up the game, started the game with 11 men behind the ball, with a low block, no pressing at all, no no patterns, passing patterns at all, no creativity, no not taking any risks at all. Uh, you know, one of the best wingers in the world as a right back, as a right wing back, basically defending as a right back, um, and just trying to counter-attack. Catenaccio, kind of football you saw from Nerio Rocco and Helenio Herrera in the 1960s. I mean, the difference the difference between the two teams was was, was astronomical, both on a technical level. Um, I mean, Napoli are a magical team, technically, um, but also on a just well, on a physical level as well, the intensity that Napoli showed compared to Juventus, but also just on a tactical level, it was just, it was, and this is something that, you know, I go on about all the time about Allegri. Um, you know, it was football, modern football against outdated football. Uh, and that's, and it was, that was shown. It was shown in this game. Yeah. Look, there's everything you said was absolutely right. But let's remember that Inter beat Napoli. And like you said, it takes two to tango. Inter were brilliant in that game. Napoli were dreadful in that game. But Inter did defend deep and played the Nereo, the Helenio Herrera Catenaccio, which you truly hate and I love. But um, it's, uh, and they did, and they won, and they should have won that game 3 4 5 nil. So let's, you know, winners write history uh, is the more polite. Uh, um, Example and, and saying I would say I wanted to use something crude, but I remember this is a this is a Spotify this is free this is a free for episode free for all episode, and I don't want to be like a have have, have a bad language explicit marking. Uh, like we a, are we are considering doing a late night eighteen plus <laughs> Italian football podcast. Yeah, there's, there's be, the... that's that's definitely going to be on Patreon though. So I'm not I'm not putting this for for the world uh, to listen to. Uh, but no, seriously, the winners write history, and and you know it's it's it, there's no doubt that this was one of the worst nights ever in Juventus history. Let's not beat around the bush. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, um, and they showed all the limitations that this squad has. They showed all the limitations that that this current project has. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to say, oh, it's because Allegri, he was, Allegri was lucky when he won eight, eight games 1-0 and, and this shows how poor he is. No, I, I don't think it's that. Uh, I think there's more to it than that. I think that Juventus are, are in transition 
but you know, as again, on, football isn't played on paper. Going into the season, we had expectations, but after me, after fifty percent, almost fifty percent of the, the 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 games being played, it's it's evident that Juventus squad uh, with the injuries of Pogba, with all that, everything they wanted to happen. Same thing with Inter, didn't materialize, and you have to own that, both on the coach, both on the directors, the ownership, the players, everything, everything. Everyone has to take responsibility collectively. There's no getting away from that. So, to me, that, that that's where we are with this. Um, I, yeah. I, I to go on the to. I mean, you said everything. I agree. Everything you said on Bremen, I agree with. So I don't want to add anything to that and repeat myself. But Allegri, I think we should talk about that. Oh, we're going to talk about Allegri. Don't worry. No, I think we should <laughs> talk about that. And I know you want to look. Listen, I think that those eight eight games in a row showed glimpses of what his Juve can do and an embryo do. no even more than an embryo I'd say this is a, this is a nine month pregnancy I think we're almost into six seven eight nine no, months to, no to take way no, we are. The, the child hasn't been born yet but it's uh, it's 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 where we're close to I'd say no, one more se- child <laughs> well I mean you know it's, it's the question is well that's that's actually a good analogy because at Juve <laughs> the, the children are ugly but they're successful at Juve the winning is the only thing that matters exactly like Spalletti said that at Juve the winning is the only thing that matters whilst here at Napoli we have an we have an obligation to play beautiful we are a club where Maradona played you know these things matter and I think Allegri is I think next season is where you don't want to see anything like this. Next season is where it has to work. They need to invest. They need to have a structure in place, both off the pitch, because they don't have one at all right now. Um, and they need to continue down this path. I think what we saw was a team that is that those eight wins showed what you, what his Juve can be. And this, the, the win, the match against Napoli showed that his were that his uh, that his that Allegri's Juve isn't there yet. Far from it. Um, and and more and more than that, I'm not going to go on and say, oh, because they lost one game against one of the best teams in Europe, throw everything out and and can you know sack him, sack him, sack him. No, bringing the Zerbi, or as I like to call him, Bancarelle Pep. Uh, he's like a ripoff shirt from Pep Guardiola, you know, I was, when you were a kid in the 90s and you wanted like a, because it wasn't like now where you could go online and buy everything, but I wanted a Roberto Baggio shirt in the 90s, right? For Italy shirt. And God bless my relatives, they sent they sent me one that cost like 10,000 lira at, at the market stalls, which was pretty much a polyester, you know, ripoff. That's what, how I see De Zerbi as, as a, as a bancarelle pep, as a market, market cheap ripoff market stall. Mm, market I think stall you're going to regret saying that. No, I no. I you're going to regret saying that. But anyway, listen, no. look, I don't want to get away. I don't want to get away and deflect. Allegri, this is why I stuck to my guns on Allegri. When, during this eight-game winning run, where you got all these planks, Juventus fans and Allegri disciples that were boasting about oh, how Allegri has proven the doubters wrong, you know, Allegri was back. All those that, that were criticising Allegri, how stupid they were, how Juventus were going to win the title, they were going to win trophies. I stuck to my guns throughout. I stuck to my guns throughout, and I have done for 18 months. You know, winning 1-0 every game while barely, barely creating anything. Five of those eight wins were 1-0. Uh, it's unsustainable. You can't keep grinding out 1-0 wins while barely have, having a chance and with late goals from, from goalkeeping blunders like we saw in the, the game against Cremonese. Eventually your luck runs out and your true quality is shown. And that is what, what happened on Friday. We saw Juventus's true level when they played against a, against a top team. And, you know, again, I've stayed consistent on Allegri. I'm not going to change. I've not flip-flopped once as some have. Allegri is outdated. His football is outdated. You can't play 
ultra-defensive, low-block, counter-attacking football with no pressing, no intensity, and expect to have success at the top level in, in club football in 2023. You can't. And, you know, yet again in this game, if we're looking specifically at this game, he started a 3-5-1-1 against Napoli. Federico Chiesa at right wing back is a crime against football. <laughs> it's a crime against football. When Beppe Iacchini, with that stupid baseball hat, was playing, was playing Chiesa at right wing back, what were we saying? Let's we, were, we were all taking the piss out yeah, of him. No, all of us. We I, were saying, I, I we were, and we I, were, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain what I mean by that. I, I don't think it was a 3 5 1 1. I think that's unfair. I think it was a 3 5 1 1 without position that transitioned into the 3 4 2 1 in counter attack. Well, they're never, they're never in counter attack because they were all defending in their penalty well, area. Well, that, that was the problem the because the midfield, the midfield and defense were just completely were off their game and there was no intensity and pressure which yeah, that, because Allegri plays that kind of football Nima is no, always going to be playing as a right wing back he's mm. never going to be up the pitch to, to do what he wants to do because that's how that's how he plays and that's how you that's what's going to happen well, against Napoli see, it's Allegri obvious against, it's obvious that, yeah. an Allegri team against against Napoli are going to get completely out of no. possessed but anyway Allegri said playing, himself that he listen, sees playing Chiesa look we can't get away from the fact that playing Chiesa as a right wing back is a disgrace it is a disgrace. It's, that for me, that's a sackable offence on its own. Play, <laughs> playing Chiesa at right wing back, you know, one of the best wingers in the world, playing him as a right wing back. Two of the, he was at fault for two of the goals as well. By the way, the first two goals, yeah, Chiesa, Chiesa was at fault for that. You know, from the but that's but that's just talking from him on the defensive from the defensive side, which Allegri's obsessed with himself. But I'm you know I'm talking about not having a Chiesa playing up the pill in a wing attacking winger position. That is is a crime. Not putting him in his position. This guy's what this like playing Kylian Mbappe as a right wing-back, or Mo Salah as a right wing-back, is absolutely unforgivable. It's unforgivable. And this is why I said last week, you know, Chiesa has just come back from injury, yeah. right? For now, my focus on, on Chiesa is I just want him to build up his fitness, you know, not not get any more injuries, not be overplayed like Saniola. And, and in a yeah. way, I said, I think Allegri maybe is the best coach for that because he's not yeah. going to overplay him, I yeah. hope. Although he did, start, he did start this game. But, but, um, I did also add that long-term, uh, Allegri is the worst manager possible for Chiesa. And if Allegri is still at Juventus next season, I want Chiesa to leave because Allegri will destroy him. He was already destroying Chiesa last season before his injury. Look at Chiesa in the first half of last season, how he played. Look at his stats, look at his performances. He was playing him basically as a second right back, as I used to say, in the 4-4-2 as a right midfielder that was just tracking back all the time. You know, now he's playing him as a right wing back. Um, I mean, it's unforgivable. And, you know, Chiesa, Chiesa needs to leave. And I think Allegri is not only terrible for the development of players like Chiesa and young Italians, but he's terrible for the international team. And, mm. you know, he's he just doesn't develop young players. And I think the other that brings me on nicely to the second point I want to really criticise Allegri for in this game. Dropping all the kids against Napoli. Again, unforgivable. Yeah, this is something because I agree with. It was the kids who took Juventus on yeah. this eight-game run. I'm so glad you said that. Allegri only played them and this is this is the point. This is why yeah. when people give credit, Allegri credit for the eight game winning run, and of course you have to give him credit for it. But remember that Allegri was forced to play the likes of Miretti yeah. and Fagioli and and you know some of the others like you know that even come on as subs like Ilham Junior and the like. He was forced to play these because he couldn't have anyone else available. He had so many injuries. He had to play the kids. Then they happened to play really really well. They played better than the, the senior players that they replaced, like McKenney and, and the others. And, and they did, you know, and they went on this excellent eight-game winning run. Now, as soon as a Napoli game comes along and he's got most of his players back now, what does he do? He drops all the kids now, and he, they, goes back, he goes back to the seniors who had failed for well over a year under Allegri. And what is the result? They get smashed 5-1. So, no. again, listen, it's just it's unforgivable. I think, 
No, no, I, I, that I agree with. I think that was a mistake. Dropping at least play one of them at least, um, and uh, that that I that I do. I'm, I am very critical of him for that. I thought that was a mistake, um, especially given how Juve have looked when the kids have played. Um, I thought that was a mistake. But then again, you know, maybe he wanted to protect them from from playing and. You know, getting smashed five one like this. Uh, they haven't been getting player. smashed though when the youngsters have played. They've been winning all. No, no, no. Games. But they haven't played Napoli either. My point is simply that maybe he was, you know, taking this, you know, trying to protect young players as well. I think a lot of times we have to remember that, you know, these kinds of heavy defeats for young players can really leave their mark, especially for players that are developing early. It can really, mm. you know. I think again, I think again, it's another symptom of the outdated Allegri mentality that yeah, he doesn't trust could kids. Be, could be. He doesn't. Could be. He doesn't trust kids. I mean, look at look at Napoli. Napoli are top of the league with. With, with you know, with a lot of young players that are being the protagonists for Napoli, mm. like Clara and, and Ossiman, and and you know, and, and some of the others, Arsenal yeah. are top of the league. With if I'm not yeah, mistaken, Arsenal for sure. Arsenal are top of the league by eight points, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah. they're the youngest team in the they Premier League, have, and they, they do they, have. They, they do. Is that right? Am I right? They're yeah, the youngest yeah, team, they, team in the Premier League, wanna, and they're yeah, doing absolutely wanna, wanna, give the, these youngsters a chance because modern mm. football is about it's about you know. I it's agree not, with that. It's not about if experience. The players are, experience I, I is important. The, Don't get me look, wrong. Experience look, I, take is the, I take the Conte approach. If they're good enough, they play, no matter how old they are. And if they do what the coach wants, that, that, that's my... Yeah. Like, I, I'm but not, you know, what is the famous quote that, that uh, the definition of madness is doing the same thing yeah, over repeat, and over again and, and expecting, expecting different, different results. results? Well, we've seen for, for, you know, for, for well over a year when Allegri was playing all these senior players, that they were, they were playing badly and they were getting bad results. They suddenly go on their best run under Allegri during this time with a bunch of youngsters playing, who are also all very highly rated uh, youngsters. By the way, if we can just you know, if we are able to develop them, um, he, he gets rid of them. I just I just think it's un, it's unforgivable. It really is. It's unforgivable. And again, like I said, I've been repeating myself for eighteen months. You know, anybody that expects this to change, uh, I think they're living in the past. They're living in dreamland because we're not. Mm. You know, this game showed where Juventus are at under Allegri. No, no, I, I think that, I think, as I said, I mean, I don't want to, I, I know you believe, see, I know you believe Nima that, you know, they're at this stage of a development and we need to be yeah. patient. That's, that's kind of where you're at, isn't yeah. it? You feel yes, that there needs exactly. to be patience. I yes. don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I know you don't. And, and I think, I think this is the, the thing is, I think the, I look at Juve and Inter pretty much the same. A fish rots from the head down and it's, the, this has been a long time coming and I'm not, and, and having said this, it's not just Inzaghi. It's not just Allegri. Although they're completely different places in their careers, like I'm not equating them at all, because you know Inzaghi's a young up and you know young coach who's building towards his best, and Allegri is is, a, is an established coach who is who's now is at his best, right? So I'm not comp- you know no comparisons there, but I do look at these problems. These two clubs are very similar. There's been lots of unforgivable mistakes made on and off the pitch. Which is now, which has oozed into to the pitch, and you've got coaches there trying to do the very best they can with what they've got, um, and trying to reinstall some sort of you know top winning mentality worthy of both Juve and Inter, and and I think that that's where I'm at, and I think with with Allegri, given that the difference being, of course, that Juve have actually invested in the sense that. You know they've sold Delich, brought in Bremer. They sold Bentancur and Kulusevski, brought in Vlaovic. I think you are in a better place in that term because they don't have to end their transfer windows on a profit to, to to make up for other things. But other than that, I do think I do see similarities here between them. I do, and and I think that it's just unfair to put it on the. Oh, it, it's it's not just unfair. It's just it's it's not 
it's it's not a it's not a, it's not an accurate description to put it just on the manager. I really don't think that. I think if anything, with the crisis you are going through, I, I'd, I'm glad they've got Allegri there because if they had someone who was not able to handle this, I mean, think if Pirlo was the coach when all this madness was going on, <laughs> you know. It's it's nah no no I'm 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 not I just I just I just you know Allegri's eighteen months into his project and you know it, I do think questions need to be asked at the end of the season don't get me wrong yeah um, I mean just I, look, I mean if to... you if you compare you know and, and you're absolutely right in all the off the field stuff that does play a part but you know we're still talking we're talking about Juventus here yeah you know I think I said to you separately didn't I in a in a, in a group in a group chat earlier today you know you know, this is Juventus. It's all no disrespect. I don't want a bunch of Tottenham fans destroying my mentions as they've been doing for last year. <laughs> this is Juventus. This is not Tottenham. You know, but you know, saying that for, I'm not saying you're saying this. This is saying the history of using, the Tottenham. Using, using, <laughs> a, using, a, using, using a fourth, a fourth place or fifth place finish or just a, going on a good run for eight games you know, is, is using that as evidence to try and win an argument that Allegri's done well. I mean, you know, yeah, that's, but, what, that's, what, that's what Tottenham fans would, would, would yeah, say. Yeah, but listen, Tottenham you know, fans haven't won anything important since, I don't know, since before the collapse of the Soviet the Union. That's the but, point. But, that's but, the exact point I'm making. But you Carlo, know. Carlo, you, this last season was the first season that Juve didn't win any silverware. Before that, they had an 11-year run where they won important titles all through it. This, this the histrionic reaction... Like you it's can give them, actually. it it's is. The third you, year. Well, it's no, the third they, year they, in they, a row. They finished fourth two seasons in a row, and now they're now they're you know they're. I'm talking about probably. silverware, and, and I'm talking about winning cycles. They they had eleven years where they won trophies every single year. Yeah, Five, again, this is Juventus. Well, it's not Tottenham. Winning a Coppa well, Italia is yeah, not exactly. it's, it's not a success well, for Juventus. It, it is because it's Juventus. Not for Juventus. Well, again, no, this is Juventus. It's not Tottenham, and it's not the Scottish League. I know that Juve fans think they're entitled to winning the Serie A as if they own the damn thing and they behave on and off the pitch like it. Maybe not win it. Maybe no, not but win they, it, but challenge no, but, for it, not finish fourth. Well, this, is, not this, this is just this. Well, Finishing no. fourth is a massive failure. Where Tottenham you win a haven't failure. won, as I said. Juve are, are having challenged for two years. That's it, two, three years. That's nothing when you look at a, a cycle coming to an end and everything going on about it. If you had spent like Tottenham had spent, if you had had, had the Premier League budget that Tottenham had and you're still not close to getting anywhere close well, you to winning look the at, title. Compare Juventus' budget to the rest of the Serie A budget. It's, they're, they're, they're double the, the wage salary. They're double the amount of spending of because everyone else. Because of they're, bad They're paying their manager field. $9 million a year. Yeah. And because and nine and people mil- still want to defend him on a nine yeah, of million course a year. So if because, you pay yeah, some, you pay him nine million a year, you expect you expect big You results. could pay Allegri six gajillion euros a minute and he wouldn't win anything with this squad. It's not about that. No, you could bring I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not defending him. I'm not. No, it's not about defending Allegri. him. You need to you need to contextualize. That's what I'm saying. And and Compare it's not Ale- what Allegri has done at Juventus in 18 months to what Spalletti's done at Napoli in 18 months. Because I Spalletti mean, has better players at every single level than you ever have. I think that's better obvious. players, but he developed yes. these players. He's the yes. one that developed them. Where's the player development that Allegri's done at, at, at Juventus? Do you think that if do you think if Lobotka was was working under Allegri, he would be the player? But he they is have now? different styles. I mean, this is your notion. You're, you're basically thinking you're you're saying that there's only one correct way of playing football, and anyone who deviates from that is doing it wrong. I disagree. Well, no, with that. I'm just talking about so. basic player development. Name yeah. me a name me Juventus player that's developed in whatever style of football, whether it's whether it's Allegri style of football or whether it's Spalletti's style of football. 
Name me a player that has developed under yeah, Allegri. Danilo's in these done months. better than no he's one. ever done at Juve. Danilo's done better than he's ever done at Juve, and, and Alexander as well. I mean, again, look, really? It's, so yeah, using Danilo so. and Alexander as examples? No, I'm not. I'm not using them as I mean, examples. That's I'm the giving point, you, isn't it? No, it's not the point. I'm giving. I'm basically saying that there is no right and wrong way to play football. You can have your preferences. I have my preferences. You have your preferences. But at the end of the day, it's about winning. And if you look at long term, Juve have won so much for a decade, over a decade. Now, three years that they, they, they've not win, they're not competing for the Serie A title. And Allegri's come in and they're basically in transition. And I think it's it, it's ridiculous to say that he's outdated. Well, how long is this, this transition going to last? Last year, you said it was a it transition. Took, well, yes. Now you're, now you're still yes, saying it's I'll a tell you how long season. it can take. This year's been even worse. It can take a long time. Look at the, look at the it can take four or five years. Nima, they've, just, they've gone the first time in 30 years since Juventus conceded five in a game. You know, in a season where Juventus had the worst performance in their entire history, when when Alipi took over, when they've got the worst, they've got the worst record in their history against big teams. How long was it that Juve? What was it then when when Lippi took over uh, the first time around and they won the Champions League and the Serie A and all that? There was like what nine, eight years, six years, seven years that Juve hadn't won any uh, the Serie A title. Like, this is exactly what I mean. It takes time to build towards something. And that came off of the back of the glorious Trapattoni era, where they won yeah. everything in that football. Was, that was during a golden era of Italian football, where well, every yeah, single but it's team still, was world Yeah, but class. it doesn't matter, you know, because Italian during, football is in the... Con- you can't just take, pick, nit, nitpick. Italian well, football, you are, because then, Italian Juventus football... Did, no, because back then, Juventus didn't have five times the budget of every single team that they did. Everyone was Italian equal. Football Nowadays, is, they do. Well, they do, well, they do, but compared to Premier League clubs, they're... they're, they're Broke. Yeah, we're beggars. not comparing them they're to Premier League clubs. We're well, comparing them to Serie A, but we're well, not comparing them. We're looking at them. Their performance in Serie A, which is fourth place, fourth place, yeah. and, a, and, and fourth place is not. And for your and the reason why you're so disgusted by it is because you think that you're entitled to winning the Serie A title every year. And well, I'm, I'm sorry, not... those nine years are an anomaly. It's it, this isn't this isn't the Scottish League with Rangers and Celtic, you know, going on ten year runs. This is Serie A, and the fact that you know Juventus, yes, are the most successful domestically in, in Italy. Everyone knows that, but. The, the question, the, it, it's still, you're still coming off of the back. It's not been five, half a decade. It's not been six, seven years. I agree with you that there's an urgency in the matter that unless you start acting, a winning mentality, a winning culture can easily disappear and it takes time to bring it back. Just look at Manchester United after Sir Alex Ferguson, right? It takes time if you don't, if you're not on top of it. I'm saying, I think that there's a transition here. We don't even have a new Juve directors, a board CEO, sporting director. We have nothing there. Once they're in place, then we can start saying, okay, what is going to happen from now on? And w- what's what's happening? So, you know, moving forward. So I, I think it's unfair to just compare and say, well, I've, we're not Tottenham. Well, congratulations. That's not, I mean, it's like you, you want the not the Tottenham t- trophy? I mean, it's, it's it doesn't make sense to me. This is, you're coming off the back of a historic, glorious era where you've won titles for, for a decade, over a decade, and now you're two, three years into a transition after making disastrous p- mistakes on and off the pitch, and you're trying to recover from that. I think yeah. claiming this. And if you're Allegri, trying to recover for it, Allegri's the wrong person because he well, doesn't. We'll he's not a builder we'll of teams. He doesn't well, he, develop players. We'll we'll you know, see. and we'll everything. See. There's no. Well, you know, everything we'll that we've seen in these 18 months has, has suggested that again. You know. People want to talk about an eight-game winning run. Well, Allegri's also, you know, again, historically bad results this season. First time mm-hmm. in 30 years they've conceded five goals. The worst Champions League group stage in history, including, including losing to Maccabi Haifa, three yeah. points from six games. Historically bad record against yeah. big teams. They've yeah. got two wins in 21 yeah. games against big teams yeah. since returning to Juventus. He's done worse than Pirlo. So if you want to talk about transition, Pirlo had 78 points. 
Allegri had 70 in his first season. He's on track for 78 this se- 78 mm-hmm. season, which is the same as Pirlo, which was already described as a, as a total disaster. Um, you know, so again, I mean, I could go, I could go on and on mm-hmm. and on. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just saying the same thing all the mm-hmm. time. Um, it's, it's, anyway, we have to move on because we've, we've done almost a whole show on, on, <laughs> on Juventus Napoli. Uh, Lecce Milan, um, a miserable week for Milan, miserable six days. Uh, they drew 2-2 with Roma. Then they were knocked out of the Coppa Italia by 10-man Torino. And then they drew 2-2 with Lecce in a game in which they were absolutely horrific in the first half, although they did, did, really, they did really, really well to come back in the second. But ultimately, they still dropped two points, which means they're, they're nine points behind, behind Napoli now. Um, yeah, it's, it's Milan, uh, yeah, it's not, Milan are, are really, they're really struggling, aren't they? They're really on bad form at the moment. Those first 22 minutes that Milan played away against Lecce, uh, and I want to give credit to Lecce, but first focus on Milan. Those two, those opening 22 minutes against Lecce were the worst 20 minutes I've seen Milan play since they lost to Spezia when Inter won the title that season, um, away to Spezia. They were Milan. Were, they, Milan were, were were not there. There was no defense. There was nothing. Um, and if Lecce had been somewhat clinical, they should have been four 0 up at half time. Um, it, they missed three, two sitters, and one clear cut chance. Um, this is what happens, you know. And when you blow, when you dominate like they did against Roma, two late goals, insecurity creeps in. I think Pioli, I understand why Pioli did what he did against Torino, because I think if you're if you're going to play Antonio Conte's Spurs, there's no better dress rehearsal to prepare for that game than to play Ivan Juric Torino. You know, I, I understand tactically he played, you know, the 3-5-1-1, the 3-4, or however you want to play with the numbers. I get that, but that was not the moment to do it. And he was adapting too much to Torino, and it ended up costing them. Um, and Torino, you know, nothing away from Torino. They were brilliant. Um, and and then you go into the Lecce game with 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 a confused player group group of players who are a little bit insecure, and they they were lucky to get a point. I mean, they were great in the second half, but that first half was absolutely unwatchable, unwatchable. Um, and look, it's. It's, I think they look tired. They look tired and lacking in energy right now. I and mean, they were really destroyed on the transitions by, by Lecce. Um, but even in extra time against Torino, they, they looked second best at times against 10 men. Torino were down to 10 men in, in that game. And I don't know. Maybe I think one injuries. of our listeners tweeted at me, and Michael yeah. Lisi tweeted at me saying, look, I'm not saying purely out, but it feels like it's looking a bit stale. And I, and I, and I, and I understand his point. I do agree. I'm not saying Pioli out either, but it's starting to look a bit stale. And I think Pioli understands that. And that's why he's trying to change formations and, and come up with something yeah. new to, 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 to address that. And I, and, and I think that's a little bit what it is as well. It's not the player. It's not the group of players that are young, you know, barring Giroud, they're all very young. So it's not like they've all burnt out and aren't interested anymore. No, I think that most teams have got Milan's number now. And I think you need to adapt to that. And I think that's where Milan are. Uh, a little bit in this. Well, project. I think you stop their left hand side, and you really do stop. You most stop of Milan. Milan. You stop most of Milan. I mean, Teo well, that's what I said last season when they won. It's, it's that's what I said last season. It's uh, it's Leao and Inshallah, and he won them the Serie A title. I'm not taking anything away, but he needs to develop this group of players, and I think, you know, he uh, I think he knows it as well because he he is an intelligent guy, Pioli. Uh, football, footballing wise. Also, Milan's depth. Milan definitely have a lack of depth. They do uh, in in their team. Um, for well, certain, certain we talk positions, about right wing. Talk about Napoli's depth, but I mean, you know, 
as soon as you, I mean, you take out Giroud, who, who else have they got? Nothing. There's a striker that can play. No Zlatan. No. Origi's been a disaster. You take out Liao. Who do you play? And then right wing, man. I mean, how I mean, long right do we wing, have to yeah. talk about this situation about the right wing? Yeah. It's, it's getting, it's becoming ridiculous. Everyone can see it. It's like Lazio and the central defenders for half a decade. Like everyone could see it except the people Patrick. making the decisions. I mean, Patrick and Johnny. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, the Patrick and Johnny show. I mean, I'm it's... also worried for Giroud as well because he's been so overplayed mm. because of this lack of depth. And that has to be a concern. I mean, he's still doing pretty well, but you know, he's 36. And I do worry that in these last few months of the season that you could it could easily he could easily end up being another Jeco from last season where Jeco was totally overplayed in yep. the first half. Burn him completely yeah. burnt out in the last few months. And that you know, I'm not saying that will happen. You know, we'll see you know, Giroud so far, it's been incredible, like how he's managed to maintain it. You know, he played a World Cup, got to the final in the World Cup, you know. It, but that's because I don't think he's ever looked better physically. Like, I honestly can't. Of course, can't. absolutely. But, you mean, know, it, it, he it, is it, better physical shape now than he's ever been in. And it's truly remarkable. Yeah. I think Tonali is also indispensable. Oh. He missed He missed this game and, and the midfield, just, there was just no, again, the, the, when I was saying about the lack of, intensity and the tiredness yeah. and Tonali is just everywhere isn't he and, yeah yes. and you so know, the other thing too. the other thing is just again repeating what we said last week uh, after the, the Roma game Milan are defending badly you know it's now one clean sheet I think in 10 and you know again as I said last week that was the backbone of yeah. the Scudetto win last season especially in the running and they've only got four clean sheets all season they've conceded 20 in 18 games which is not a huge amount but it's too many uh, yeah, and it's far I think many. only Inter and Fiorentina have conceded more in the top half, which yeah. I think as of as of full time on Saturday of Saturday's game, I, I made this stat. Uh, that was the case, uh, and also they continue to concede off set pieces. You know, I was critical last week of of Tomori about him on set pieces and crosses. This week it was Kalulu who who made the mistake, uh, and the marking was awful again on Lecce's second goal was a short corner, and then Basquiatto, you know, totally unmarked, and you know Milan are defending really badly specifically offset pieces and you cannot every team that wins the, the wins the title has to defend well on set pieces um, no they do yeah. and 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 just on you know before nice segue to Lecce Baschirotto I mean he's you know he's 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 such a such an interesting character isn't he I mean he mm. his family own a farm which he works on uh, yeah. literally, they, literally a farmer scored on Milan. <laughs> uh, farmer's um, League, eh? Farmer's <laughs> League. No, but he is literally a farmer. His family own a general, they've had farm in Veneto in general for generations. Uh, he works on it. He's a farm boy. Um, and look, they were, Lecce, uh, they are so difficult to play against at home. Um, we saw that against Inter uh, in the first game. And, and, and since then, They've been. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Juve are the pretty much the only top side that've beaten them away uh, this season uh, after a dream goal uh, from Fagioli, I think it was. Um, but no, it's it, they are really, really good, and they are difficult to play against. And the, and and the, with the crowd with them as well, I think what they did this season was that they really slashed the season ticket prices, and so they sold lots of season tickets. Um, no, they they're they, they're in great form as well, um, unbeaten in six games, which is. I think was the longest unbeaten run for them in a decade in the Serie A. No, it's it's incredible. Um, I, I really, really like this team. I think they deserve to be where they are. And, and yeah, I uh, have to single out Strafetta. Uh, yeah, he was brilliant, and I'm a, I really, really enjoy watching this player. Me he, too. I mean, he 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 destroyed Teo in the first half. Teo came off at half time, and and uh, I think he can play for a much bigger club. He's small, small, nippy finger. <laughs> It reminds me, it reminds me, I was trying to think of a player he reminds me of, and the, the one that I came up with was Ludovic oh. Julie. 
Oh, the Monaco guy. Yeah, and Roma, Barcelona. You know, really, really small, but, you know, really kind of short and stocky, but nippy. I just got to say on, on Starfezza, the Dazon, uh, Italian Dazon, did an interview with him, <laughs> going a one-on-one with him ahead of this game, which they broadcast, which I was watching. And the, and the interview begins with the interviewer holding a like a yardstick to, 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 to measure how tall he is because mm. <laughs> he's not that tall. Uh, so, you know, speaking of things that only happen in Italian football. Um, but it was, uh, no, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting player for sure. Um, mm. yeah. And Yulman, Yulman, that's a player that lots of players have been linked with. Uh, lots yeah, of he was he was man of the match in this game. He got given man of the match. Uh, Umtiti mm. is a great story as well. Yeah. I thought he played well. Gonzalez is Corvino. highly rated. Colombo, Colombo, we we spoken about. He wasn't great in this game. Uh, and even Di Francesco, I thought was was good. He's he's well, having just, a good. Just he's just having... to wrap up on Milan Lecce game with Colombo. Milan, take this guy back. Yeah, take this back. Reintegrate him to, for, into your squad next season. Hmm, possibly. Okay, just quickly on Inter then. Inter beat Verona 1 0. Not really much to talk about. It wasn't a great game, but I mean, Lautaro again. Was the, yeah, was the, Lautaro. Was the, I mean, what? Any lessons from this game? Because it, it wasn't a great game. No, it wasn't a great game. Um, Inter, Lautaro is a, when we say, Lautaro is patchy goal scorer. Scored for the third match in a row. Should have had a brace. Uh, incorrectly, well, Fabri had a, had a shocker. Um, but uh, no, I mean, Inter did the job. Uh, Inter fans were on edge. Uh, but if we're perfectly honest, Hellas didn't really create that much. Uh, and it was one of those games where Inter again showed this this baffling difference in how solid and calm they are at home and how shaky and nervous they are away. Uh, and Bastoni said after the game that, you know, this was, you know, our goal was to not concede. We want to go back to being a team that doesn't concede as much. You want to be stable. You want to be solid at the back. Um, and for me, I thought, you know, Lautaro and Skriniar were man of the match. I thought Skriniar was outstanding, a leader. I mean, this is a guy whose contract is expiring and he's putting in man of the match type performances. And and it's just a testament to the professional he is. I hope he stays. I think most Inter fans hope he stays, but I think that's a lost cause. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, mm. But yeah, no, talk, they look... Talk, I mean, talking about the transfer market, um, Depay, Memphis Depay has been linked with a swap move for Joaquin Correa. Um, and Frank Kessier has been linked with a, with a swap move for... Marcello Brozovic, so Barcelona, Inter, possible double swap. I mean, first of all, is there anything solid in this? And if so, is this something that Inter should be looking at? Well, look, there are fine the, the Depay Correa thing um, and 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 Kessier Brozo that, that that it is a thing uh, in the sense that it is being discussed. Inter are just not too keen on the Kessier Brozo thing. They're they're reflecting over that. They've you know they're they're not they're not they've not said anything as such. The Depay Korea thing. Uh, look, um, it, the, the, there are financial problems with this deal for Inter uh, because Depay's contract expires this coming June. Joaquin Correa has a contract until twenty twenty four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and in terms of on the balance sheet, 
it, it's 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 going to be difficult. And also, Depay's wages, Inter can't use the Decreta Crescita. No one can use the Decreta Crescita unless the growth decree, unless the person is, is in Italy for at least two years. Otherwise, there's no tax break you get on that. And Depay, that means they have to sign Depay, Depay for at least two years if they want to, uh, you know, if they want to use that tax rebate on his wages because he earns quite a bit. Um, so there are there are problems to be resolved, but I wonder if look in terms of a good swap for Inter because uh, I don't care about Barcelona. Um, I think Depay it would be an improvement on Joaquin Correa, no doubt. You'd have to be crazy not to see that. And, that, and this is coming from someone who's not a f- big fan of Memphis Depay, um, but because of, because of the fact that I don't think he's got the mentality to play in a big club. Uh, what he's you know he's flopped miserably at United. Didn't hasn't exactly set the world alight at Barcelona. Did well at uh, Lyon, which I think is maybe the type of level of club, with all due respect to Lyon, that he should be at. But for him to come in to this Inter next to uh, Lautaro and and Jeco, I think he has a role to play. Yes, I do think so. I think he could do something there. Um, as for the Kessie Brozo swap, I don't know what I think about this because I respect like. Look, let's be honest. Marcelo Brozovic, when he's at his best, is one of the best central, def- you know, c- central deep-lying playmakers in the world. But he's over thirty. He's he, we know the smoking and drinking and all that stuff, and he, he relies a lot on running, on his uh, you know covering distance. And after thirty, when you have that kind of a lifestyle, you can't maintain that with playing at a high level, no matter how much of a you know cool guy and character and, and natural fitness you have. You you will start to de- 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 deteriorate. You know, father time undefeated. So, Kessier is a few years younger, having a hot, barely playing at Barcelona. Knows the Serie A. Uh, you know, he's a he has a physicality that Inter's midfield lack. Inter have Chalanoglu and Aslani. Chalanoglu has been outstanding as a central defensive midfield playmaker this season. Aslani is coming up through the ranks. You know, this this you know there. So I think they should consider it. I'm personally, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence here, um, but yeah, I, I'm 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 really on the fence here. I, I don't know what what to make of that deal, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the fence with that as well. And as for Depay Correa, again, I mean, I just think that I've never been a big fan of of Depay. I've never thought he's at the level of a top club, and that's been shown at Man United. It's been shown at Barcelona, and you know, it's even been shown, you know, at the World Cup as well at the major tournaments with, with Holland. You know, when it's come to the really big you know, the big matches, big tournaments, big competitions. He's not really been at a level. So, you know, I think he could maybe do a job at, at, at Inter. Um, but I do think that, you know, I think that Inter need, uh, they need they need some pace in attack. And I know Correa, yeah. <laughs> Correa offers that on paper, but obviously he doesn't yeah, offer anything else. Um, you know, I, I would like to see Correa replace, when they do replace him, with, a, with an attacker that will bring, that has pace in his game. Yeah, and we know Turam, you know, would have brought that obviously, you know. He would have brought everything. Ha- that's not gonna happen now. So um, you know, that's that's what I want from from that. But you know, can he do a job this season? I'm sure he can he can uh, do more than Correa. Let's let's put it that way. Well, I think you and I would do more than Correa at Inter at this point. <laughs> yeah, so, true that. <laughs> someone that certainly would have done more than Correa and someone that, oh. that could have could have moved to Inter um, so this, this, this summer before they decided to go for Lukaku instead is Paolo Dybala. It was the Paolo Dybala show against Fiorentina on Sunday evening. Um, it was the Paolo Dybala show last week, actually. Two goals against Fiorentina, 
three in, in the week because he also scored a brilliant winner in Genoa. the Coppa Italia against Genoa. Uh, and then on, on the, the Sunday evening game, he scored both goals for Roma in a 2 0 winning against Fiorentina. The first was a was a volley which was deflected, but with the technique on it was absolutely beautiful. The, the, uh, the, sim- the, the build-up to that as well. I mean, Abraham yeah. and him, two assists now for Tammy Abraham, but the build-up to that was stunning. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Dybala's, he's, he's doing great. I mean, he's, his form is, I think, eight in the last 10 games and his mm. record this season, he's now in double figures, uh, only 13 starts. You know, he's 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 he has carried the, the Roma attack this season. Roma went on that yeah. bad run when he was out injured. And really, I can't think. I mean, if, if Dybala wasn't at this Roma team this season, I mean, I, I can't think how they how they would be doing. He really has been in, that indispensable for them. No, yeah, they do absolutely. Um, it's he's been absolutely unplayable, and he showed that Inter again got it wrong. They should have gone after Dybala and not after Lukaku. It's it's not harder than that. But now I want to talk about Inter. I want to focus on Roma. I think it was important for Roma to. Um, to, to get this win and to have this week after the problems they've had and also the rumours of Mourinho being pissed off with the ownership and they're not investing enough and so on and so forth. I, I Look, I as I said before the season, and I think I think Mourinho is, and, and this Roma are doing exactly what you can ask of them. They're not overperforming, they're not underperforming. They're performing exactly on par with what you can expect from them. Fifth, sixth, that's where they are. And that's where I had them. I had them fifth. So... I think, and, and they're, they're only three points behind fourth. So they're not, you know, miles behind. So I don't think we can criticize them too much. But um, it's because this, this squad has glaring holes in it. I think if, aside from Chris Smalling, they don't have a defender that is worthy of Roma. Gianluca Mancini is, 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 is out of his mind. Um, you know, he he's just doesn't have the mental strength to play at Roma or, or any club bigger than Atalanta, with all due respect to Atalanta. And the you know we know the goalkeeping problems they're well documented and and of course Roma's midfield you know Tahirovic is is now a key player uh, which is great for him. Well, Bobby started at the in the yeah. in the game against Fiorentina. I mean, the yeah. youngsters he's starting to play youngsters. I'll give, yeah. I'll give Mourinho credit for that. He is, he's yeah. given the youngsters a chance. Uh, but Dybala, yeah, Dybala's a joy to watch. He but is, but he's, it's really nice to watch Dybala and Tammy Abraham's partnership finally developing, and that they're finding yeah. finding understanding each other. Um, yeah. But it's yeah no, it's I think the Roma are going to have an exciting and, and like second half of the season. Yeah, and they play and they play Napoli Oof, uh, next next week. That not this, game ne- is not gonna, this next match. The match day after. That is going to be so enticing to watch. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Um, Lazio won as well. They ended their bad run of form, and they play Milan next. Although Immobile got injured, so yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that will be that will be a huge huge blow. And Atalanta, goal crazy Atalanta. <laughs> we questioned whether they were, you know, every single every single time you think, is it the end of Atalanta? And then they do something to make you think, mm, maybe it's not the end of Atalanta. They won last week, uh, and now they put eight goals past past Salernitana. Uh, the most interesting story from from Atalanta in the last last weeks has been Boga because he's been on the verge of leaving. It, everything had been such a disaster since moving there, and the, he's been absolutely brilliant the last two games. He's got a golden assist in this one. Um, so Bog has been really interesting. And also, and I'm going to take a lap of honour for this one, Hoyland is yeah. starting to break out. And we got a question on our Q&A episode, I think the week before last, where we were asked for our, who's going to be our breakout stars for 2023. And I kind of hesitantly said Hoyland because I said, you know, I'm sure this guy is going to become a, is going to be a, is going to become a star. Um, but I wasn't sure whether, you know, at the age of 19, whether it would happen instantly, immediately. Well, he's, 
you know, he's now two games in a row that he's been fantastic in and he scored again uh, in, in this one. And he looks, yeah, big, great left foot. And yeah, I really like him. I really, really like him. He was great in this game. Lookman, uh, another two goals. And Coop Miner's brilliant again, and he's, but he's suspended. He will miss the game against Juventus. Another big game against Juve. Um, so, yeah, Atalanta are back. Great to watch. Uh, Davide Nicola sat, though. Um, I think it's so stupid. So stupid. Yes, it's a bad result. But, you, I mean, this is such a reactionary thing to do. Uh, unless, you know, he's lost the dressing room, but I don't think he has. They have um, been ridiculously <clears throat> open and leaky in 2023. Mm. Ridiculous. I've watched all of Salernitana's games mm. in 2023. And honestly, watching their defence, I mean, yeah. it's, it's actually been embarrassing. Like, Ochoa's been man of the match in every single game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty yes. much with them. He's saved them from, from losing like 15-0 <laughs> in every game. I mean, that's how bad it is. I don't no, know what right. is. They are. They are. I don't know what's going on with their defence um, at, at the moment. It's... it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it feels a little bit unfair on him after what he did last season, doesn't it? Yeah, I think um, it's ridiculous. Maybe they'll bring him back again. <laughs> Who knows? Mm, ah, I, wouldn't yes. rule, I wouldn't rule it the out. The Italian merry-go-round. Mm. Uh, the Italian just, 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 merry-go-round. Before we, just before we finish off, um, uh, oh wait, the other the other Serie A weekend fixtures, that just before I finish off on the top four, uh, Clemenese 2, Monza 3. Uh, Monza that was an absolutely in. crazy game. Monza yeah, were 3-0 up. up. Yeah, yeah, but Monza yeah. were three 0 up. Caprari scored a brace, and then Cremonese scored twice. I mean, it was really, really yeah, your kind of game. Yeah, uh, Alvini, <laughs> Alvini sacked. <laughs> Alvini sacked. I mean, no choice really. Habemus Ballardini, <laughs> he is back. He's yeah. back with his shades, his Swedish I mean, wife. I mean, what is the point? No, they're not going to stay up unless they invest. No. And Ballardini, if he does this, let me just be clear, if Ballardini manages to pull this great escape, I think it's great. It's, it'll be right up there with Mazzari after doing with Regina, after they had like minus points after Calciopoli or Davide Nicola last season with Salernitana. So yeah. it's it's been one of the greatest escapes ever if, if Ballardini pulls this off. Uh, but I don't think he will. I he think he will. Udinese won, Bologna two. Um, I don't know what the hell has happened to Sotil. We were singing his praises about how great he was at the start of the season. And, and Udinese is just on such a bad run. Um, yeah, so it's... it's no, it's, um, this, it's, it's, it's... Look, it's his first... He's a good coach. He, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's a... You know, they were overperforming. And now they've regressed. But it now, is very, very concerning. It's yeah. Ten, over 10 games now yeah. with, without yeah. a win. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's worrying. They need to tick that. The other game, uh, I want to make a point on this. Torino <laughs> nil, Spezia won. Um, not much to say on the pitch. Torino were awful. They were. Um, Unzola, I have to give him a shout out. Yeah. He's having a fantastic season. He, really he scored is. again, albeit this was a penalty. Um, but part of me is glad that Torino lost because... <laughs> We have to, and we shouldn't laugh at it because it's no oh, it's laughing ridiculous. matter. ridiculous. It's no laughing matter. It's so bizarre. It's, it's a disgrace that Kevin Spacey, the US actor, was invited to the stadium by Urban Al Cairo, paraded basically proudly to the whole world, <laughs> plastered all over social media. Look who's here. Look who, who we're, you know, presenting a Torino shirt with Kevin Spacey's name on the back. I mean, I just think it's disgraceful. We're talking about somebody that is facing 12 sex offence charges uh, at the moment. He goes on trial this summer. You know, it's, it's, he's got allegations from a 14-year-old. He's got links to Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. This is uh, the thing that I don't get about this. It's like, I, I am I, I believe in, like, innocent until proven guilty. And I also we have to also say that Kevin Spacey hasn't been convicted of anything uh, in previous things as well. But here's the thing. There, he's going to stand trial in the UK in 2023, in June. That's when it's, that's the latest when it's supposed to be scheduled. 
for to 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 stand trial for criminal offenses for sexual assault. This is madness by Cairo to bring him on. There's no reason to do this. I, I mean, why do this now? This is such a PR own goal. At least wait till after the trial if you're going to do it at all until and see what happens. This is such a stupid thing to do by by Cairon. Yeah. And again, the the cluelessness of it. This is what drives me mad. I mean, away from the whole, you know, the, the whole serious angle from this. But you know, just from a, just if we're just looking at this selfishly from a football point of view, from PR, from our, our love of Serie A and wanting the Serie A to grow and wanting, you know. I mean, what hope is there? I mean, what hope, really? What hope is? There? I mean, we, we, I mean, we, we've. I mean, this just takes it to another level. I mean, we've been banging on about it for years about how clueless Italians are in general when it comes to marketing, including Serie A clubs and 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 the league and and everything. But I mean, this just takes it to another level. I mean, how how clueless do you really have to be that, 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 you, that you you parade that somebody that's on you know that's facing twelve charges, sexual sex offence charges. I mean, I mean what, this what is the thing. Is I mean, it's just, just give up. I mean, should no, we just give up now? I mean, what, I mean, I mean, it's just, Carlos resigning. I, I, no. I mean, I, I am just resigned to, to, to just just never having any hope of us ever being able to to build this league up and promote no. the league when you've got idiots like Cairo doing stuff like this. I mean, it's like it's, the thing is, there's no need for it, and it's, it literally is just the most boomer reason as well. Oh, he's a big famous actor, you know, Hollywood. Oh, I'm, you know, let's bring him on and parade him with a Torino shirt. Yeah. Like, there's no what, why. Do you think he even it's, likes football. I bet he doesn't even probably doesn't even know the rules. You know, he, I, mean, I don't think I don't know if he does or not. But it's just it's so tone deaf and so unnecessary. It's like it's so, and they all do it. The, the Serie A does this time and time and time again, like the Juventus statement when CR Cristiano Ronaldo the alleged uh, things it's like a rape that he was you know was going on about or that, that you know that he was under uh, mm. suspicion of and, oh, yeah, they and, said and he they, trains well he trains well and a super <laughs> athlete and a model professional it's like yeah. I don't there's no current like yeah. stop stop talking yeah. like it's, it's stuff like this or the monkey anti-racism campaign with the chimps like a few years ago I'm laughing because it's like you, it's like a parody I couldn't make I could, no. if I were to write a parody of how not to do things I just do what the Serie A does. Like, just, I don't yeah. need to write it. I just need to show you what the, what's yeah. Lega's culture and the, the Serie A, the boomer presidents in charge of Berlusconi the other week about his joke that they put on social media, that, that leaked on social media about driving a bus full of ho- dirty whores. And that's a direct <laughs> quote, by the way, to the, yeah. to, the, to the dressing room if they were to win, win against one of the big sides. I mean, it's like, this. how is this real... Like, it's just, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we're laughing because it's so bizarre. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't know what to say. It's, there's no... I know, I know, I know. But I mean, there's things that are harmful and then there's things that are really harmful. And this, this, this is, yeah. this, is, this is really harmful. I mean, Berlusconi, you can just kind of be like, oh, it's your... No, well, you can't because if you know his sexual misconduct history, he's, he's no better than, you know, let's be honest. No, uh, no, no, you're right. So, no, that's fair point. No, it's but it's, 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 it's not, but again, this is not just Berlusconi. This is, this is, this is the boomer mentality. These are the people that are in charge of the Serie A. And, 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 I, and, and you see it all throughout their communication. These completely nonsensical, bizarre statistics were 
word salad statistics that they keep pushing out during yeah. broadcast and on social media, which no one understands. You can't just you can't just say it's just down to the to the older generation because you know I see the people I know the people that run you know like the zone for example you know they're they're they're, they're our age you know these people they they yeah, just who appointed clueless. them Carlo who appointed huh? them is my point who named these people to put them where they are like this is what I mean I mean it's it's the older generation it's an Italian named. problem in general yeah. it's yeah, an it Italian is. problem for across the board but anyway um, race for the top four really really tight uh, we're not gonna have time to to discuss this maybe we'll do it on the next show. Milan in second on 38, Juventus on 37, third into fourth with 37, Atalanta fifth, Lazio sixth, Roma seventh, all those three on 34. It's incredibly tight. Uh, next match stays Juve, Atalanta, Lazio, Milan. Um, so I mean, we'll discuss that later in the week. But yeah, really, really tight for top four. It's going to be really exciting. Empoli play Sampdoria tonight. Um, let's finish off though now with Bad Joe and Prem Face of the Week. Okay. Um, Baggio, I mean, Napoli, Hastimen, uh, Clara, I mean, all of them, uh, they go for outside. I also want to single out, well, they didn't have a great time in Serie B at the weekend, but Buffon's performance uh, and just appearance in general at the age of nearly 45 for Parma in the Coppa Italia against um, Inter mm. uh, in midweek last week. And he was seconds As- away. Well, minutes away from um, from from Palmer getting a famous victory, they scored in the 89th minute, and um, you know, clean sheet. And you know, he made his debut 28 years ago. I think it was his 50th game at San Siro or something like that. And yeah, it was. The 50th. Also made some brilliant saves. Uh, one from Jacob yeah, in particular yeah, it was, was fantastic. Stunning. stunning. I mean, no, just, it's yeah. it's and also a little a tiny badger to Spal. Uh, for winning their game against uh, Regina away 1-0 in a dramatic game. So important for them to, to win that. De, De Rossi was was on fire. No, so, so no, there was, but yeah, you have to give it to Napoli duo, Quara and, and Ossiman. They were unplayable. Mm. Mm. And Prem face of the week? It can't be anyone but Chelsea. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, that entire Jao Felix thing, from the signing, which is odd, to the presentation, which is hola in Spanish, misspelled when they when they put it out, and and of course he gets sent off. I mean, it's, it's it really feels like just you know, uh, curb your enthusiasm the entire week. Mm. Like that 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 song should just be the, the entire week of João Felix Chelsea transfer from start to finish should just be. Yeah. Well, everything about Chelsea and Todd Bowley as well. Did you see Todd Bowley was on a Chelsea space? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he was on a Chelsea space getting transfer advice, apparently. Yeah, no, I saw he was on there, he was listening, but he didn't say anything, so we'll never know. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that is a crazy club. Okay, right, that's all we have time for today. So we will be back on Tuesday for our Q&A episode with with our patrons. That's for patrons only. Uh, and then we'll be back uh, later in the week for, again, we're trying to get uh, another transfer expert on to the show. So we will definitely have something for you either on that or on a pre-weekend show. But um, we will, uh, yeah, we'll see what, what comes out on that. Okay, right. Uh, until next time, ciao, ciao.